now it's about three and a half years later, but at the time, you know, eight months later, I'd actually created, you know, a business name. I did all of that. And once I started doing that and showing up confidently online and actually telling people that I exist and what I do, I started finding that family friends were interested and that friends of friends of friends were interested. And it just kind of expanded. And, um, you know, now I'm working with clients in the US, which is awesome. And clients here in Australia too, which is great. And yeah, I just, I think it, it just sometimes takes other people to point out something you're good at and that there's opportunity there for you to actually realize. Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpost, Homework Law, and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course, teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google Ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture. And yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hello. On today's episode of the podcast, I have the lovely Jess Shipton, who owns Jess Lucian Marketing, and she's a digital and social media marketer, and she lives in Sydney and has been running her business for over three years now, which is very impressive considering she's in her early 20s. And her specialties are Facebook, Instagram, and Google Ads as well. So she's kind of across the same sort of stuff that I do and is just such an amazing young entrepreneur and has really got her head screwed on. And I just am inspired so much by her ability to take the plunge, start her own business in her early 20s and make it work. And we talk a lot in this episode about some really good things around money. And I think one thing I encounter as a service provider and I talk to a lot of other service providers about is often there comes a time where you need to have a switch with your pricing and your money mindset. And that's something we dive into a lot in this chat. And Jess said at the end, it was a bit like a coaching session, so I apologize about that. Jess had this big realization last year, which we talk about a lot in this chat about how she went from pricing at an hourly rate and now she prices at a package rate and what led to the shift in that mindset and all the other challenges that come with running a business with your confidence and looking at other people on Instagram and comparing yourself to everyone else and trading your time for money and all that sort of jazz. I really, really loved this talk and I think you're going to enjoy it as well. So let's dive in. Okay, I'm so excited. I have Jess here. Can you please give everyone an introduction on who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Jess Shipton. I'm 24. I'm from Sydney, Australia. Um, And I am a digital social media marketer. So my passion is just people and small business owners who just want to take their business to the next level. Um, I specialize in Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads. And with all of that kind of stuff, I just, I don't know, I just, I love seeing people. Okay, so my biggest passion is people. As I said, I'm a bit of an extrovert. As you can probably tell, I get very excited about life and about people and listening to like their dreams and just their goals and stuff like that. So I think the heart of what I do is just like loving listening to other people talk to me about what lights them up inside because you can just tell when other people are excited about something, like their eyes go really wide, they're smiling through their eyes, they like use their hands to talk, like they just get so keen about whatever they're talking about and that lights me up. So getting onto like coaching calls with people and teaching them how to like 
like DIY their own Facebook ads so that they can like grow their own business um, on them, like by themselves until they're at a point where they can then outsource to someone like myself or, you know, outsource to somebody else. You know, that is like what lights me up inside. And that's what I do day by day. So yeah, on the side of that, like I've got a Christian blog that I write on. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I love being around people. I love being surrounded by that. So COVID's been difficult. <laughs> in that aspect but um it's just been yeah I just I love chatting to people and hearing about what they yeah what they love so one thing that because I'm like the complete opposite I'm such an introvert people think I'm (laughs) an extrovert but I'm like the biggest introvert ever like I think I'm the best company in the world and I wanted to spend (laughs) all the time by myself but one thing that came to my mind is that being like young running your own business do you often find or do you ever find that uh, sometimes that's difficult being an extrovert because you're not going to an office and you're not just mm. being around people all the time. And, and maybe that element of your business, you obviously you still get to fill your cup with like client stuff, but do you mm. ever feel like that, that, um, I don't know, employee relationship, that sort of stuff? Mm. Is thing? Um, to an extent, I think at the start, it was quite lonely, I guess, because you're kind of like starting out, you're really just taking a big dive and going, I hope that this works. (laughs) Um, but for now, like I'm, I think I've just found my community online, particularly through Instagram. I have heaps of women who are actually in the same industry as me. And a lot of people would look at that and think they're competitors, (laughs) but I just see them as awesome friends that if I'm too busy, I refer work onto them and vice versa. And I think finding your community online is so important, particularly when you are an extrovert like me, because you need those people to bounce ideas off. Um, I mean, my entire family work from home as well, which is helpful because it means that I can bounce ideas off them. Like my parents are accountants, which was the biggest lifesaver <laughs> as like a young person kind of starting up their own business and stuff. Um, Cause there's just so much stuff that you don't learn at school or uni or anything like that. So that was uh, like a huge help. Um, but just in general, I guess it's just really intentionally and actively finding people that are in your corner that are going to clap for you when other the people aren't um, and don't feel like they're then, you know, less than because they're clapping for somebody else. I think that's something that I've even had to learn as well because you get into that whole kind of thing of just, I don't know, almost spiral and kind of feel like you're comparing yourself to other women who are in the industry or doing what you're doing, but realizing that there's, you know, room at the table for everybody is awesome and finding your crowd online and not seeing them as competition, but actually as community is what I've found has helped me. So yeah, it's, it's been, I guess, lonely at times, particularly at the start, but just putting yourself out there and not being afraid to kind of ask, ask for help, ask for advice and just ask for support and find friends online is so important. I think that that's often one of the things that, cause I find the same thing, even though I am an introvert, you still need people to, it, being an entrepreneur can be quite an isolating space and you still do need people to bounce ideas around and just be like, oh my God, has this happened to you? And I actually find having the podcast is really great for that for me because I get to connect with so many other business owners and be and mm. hear their story. And I think that finding your community in whatever way you can is such an important part of being a business owner because otherwise it can be really lonely and um, I think for me, having a network of people you can just chat to or just DM on Instagram. And I w- I sort of missed out on that aspect of things for the first, I didn't really start Instagram for the first year or so. And I think one of the biggest things I've gotten out of Instagram is not the client or the student stuff and like business is actually finding, you yeah. know, connecting with people and people that would be traditionally seen as competitors like you Mm. said it's actually really nice to be able to lift each other up and celebrate each other and totally um before we get there's so much more I want to talk to you 
you about on that side of things, but I actually want to find out more about, because you're quite young to have your own business and mm. what prompted you to be like, this is something I want to do. I want to take the plunge. I'm going to start my own business mm. and have the confidence to do that. Cause I think it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily have the confidence or have even the inclination to be able to do. Mm, I think even like beyond that at school, you're not really like you have careers days, you have like, you know, um, work experience weeks and stuff, but it's one week out of your whole schooling career that you're then, you know, told go and work for a company or somewhere else for free and um, work out whether you like it or not. And like, that's just a load of BS. <laughs> I mean, I worked for Australians Women's Weekly at the time for a week and I thought that I wanted to work for a magazine. And then I got there and I was just doing those stupid little jobs, you know, like the classic go get people coffee, put things into a spreadsheet, which I do like spreadsheets, but, you know, in year 10, that's not something you're interested in. Um, But like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just think that once you kind of, you just have to try a lot of things and then realize for yourself what you do and don't like. And even if you're going through different stuff and finding out that you don't like things, that's not like something to keep you back from keep trying. If, if that makes sense, you know, find something else, you know, the fact that you've gone, Oh, I actually don't like this is a good thing because you're weeding out the stuff that you don't want to waste time on. So for me, like I, um, I went to university straight after school. Um, and I studied a bachelor of communications in digital and social media at the time I was the first year to go through that because I didn't even think that I didn't even know you could study digital and social media (laughs) and neither did my parents no one Um, I actually wanted to do journalism but I missed out the ATAR slightly by that so I was like okay well what else do I like here and all of that kind of stuff and I'm really grateful that I did digital and social media while I didn't learn everything that I'm doing now in terms of like the ads management side and the platforms and things, which is probably because I was the first year to go through it. I learned a lot around like finding people and connecting with people. And that ended up opening the doors to opportunities for me, such as um, one of my best friends from uni, which we're still friends now, which is awesome. Her dad worked at an ad agency at the time and um, they were looking for somebody. And so she connected with me and said, hey, you know, they want someone that's not a part of my family now. <laughs> so can you, are you interested in stuff? And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. I went in for the interview, got the job. And then 10 to 12 months later, um, I kind of left there. But I had grown so incredibly much with just that 10, 12 months of being there and learning and absorbing so much and actually, in a way, being through thrown in the deep end and actually having to learn the platforms, being much more practical and hands-on rather than just the theory that you learn at university. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't even consider working for myself, but in hindsight, I can see little aspects of me that was very entrepreneurial. I mean, as I said before, my entire family works for themselves. Um, but, but in saying that, you know, I was, when I was probably 10, 12, I think I, you know, I was writing, a newsletter for my family called the Shipton newsletter. And, and I would like get everyone involved and email them and like tell them, you know, this is what I want you to write. And this is your segment and stuff. And then, you know, I'd create this thing called the JIT society called jobs in the study, where I was like, I was a doctor. I was a physiotherapist. I was a masseuse. I was a tattoo artist. Like I was everything. Right. And my mom and dad would make um, my sister and I pay them like 50 cents a week for rent. And we'd do all of this kind of stuff to like hire out the office. And I would kind of like run my own little business back then. Not that I was ever making money. It was all just fake stuff. But I realize now that I had this spark way back then, which I never really kind of thought about. Because I think as like, again, going through, you know, school and stuff, you're never, you're always told you're going to work for someone and you never really even consider the 
potential of working for yourself. Like it doesn't even cross your mind. Um, Towards the end of last year, I went to my old school where I graduated from and they'd asked me to come in and actually talk to the year 10 kids during their work experience week because of COVID, they couldn't actually go and do normal work experience stuff. So they actually asked me to come in and talk about what I do. And I was the only person out of everybody there that had their own um, job and like, you know, worked for themselves and stuff. And um, it was so interesting to just hear like some of the the students say, you know, I never even considered that like that this was a thing that you could actually work for yourself and start, you know, your own business and have your own clients and do all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, actually, this is so true. Like back when I was their age, same thing, you know, I didn't even consider it. So now I think, you know, really what pivoted me into doing what I'm doing now is when I was at that ad agency and I was leaving, um, just due to other opportunities that were coming up and stuff like that. I, my manager at the time was like, Hey Jess, you know, why don't you start your own? Um, you know, people were finding out that I was, I'd studied social media marketing. Um, my, the grocery store that I was working for a couple months prior were like, Hey, we're a local supermarket. We're looking to expand like our social media presence and stuff. Um, your sister still works here and she's like raving on about what you do and stuff like that. So that they were pretty much my first client. And I you know, did the adult thing and got an ABN and I did all of that kind of stuff that scared the crap out of me at the time. Um, and I was really honestly just winging it at that point. I was like, I know I'm passionate about this. I know I'm, I'm good at helping people in this industry. And I've learned a heck of a lot at this ad agency as a result. And I'm also, I have that drive to learn more on my own too, that that kind of pushed me into, you know, freelancing. And a lot of people, I think that start off by themselves, start with that whole freelancing mindset. So I was doing that. And within, you know, six months, I started popping up more online. I created my own website. I did all this this kind of stuff to kind of have this presence online to showcase people who I was. And at the time it was just Jessica Shifter. Now, you know, six, eight months later, I will, now it's about three and a half years later, but at the time, you know, eight months later, I'd actually created, you know, a business name. I did all of that. And once I started doing that and showing up confidently online and actually telling people that I exist in what I do, I started finding that family friends were interested and that friends of friends of friends were interested. And it just kind of expanded. And um, you know, now I'm working with clients in the US, which is awesome, and clients here in Australia too, which is great. And yeah, I just I think it it just sometimes takes other people to point out something you're good at and that there's opportunity there for you to actually realize. I think deep down you know what you're good at and you know that there's potential and opportunity there, but it often takes somebody else to call that out. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about seeing the potential in other people as well, because I feel like this manager at that workspace that I was at. Um, did that to me. And that has changed the course of what I'm doing now. You know, if he hadn't spoken life over me at that point in time and just spoken like what that vision was, I don't know if I would even be doing this. So yeah, that's a little bit about that. That's so incredible. And you've had your business now, what, three and a half years you've been by yourself. So I'm interested to find out whether being a young entrepreneur and being a young business owner, did you ever feel like there was pushback or judgment or clients didn't respect you or that you were judged somehow in a negative way for being a young business owner and you weren't maybe taken seriously? Mm. I've been lucky in the sense I haven't found too much of this to my face anyway, maybe behind the scenes, who knows? <laughs> um, but I did have an experience probably in the last six months, which I think hurt even more because I'm much, much more confident now than I was back then. Um, so at the time I probably would have taken it on board and gone, yeah, actually I'm not as good as I think I am. Now it's kind of like, yes, I know I'm good, but it hurts because 
I am good, if that makes sense. So anyway, I, I had an encounter with um, a guy overseas who was working on another, like on a client of mine at the same time during a campaign and it got really messy. He was being quite rude to me um, and whether that was an age thing, whether that was an expertise thing, I'm not entirely sure. I kind of came across from the point of like, hey, I'd just love to know like how, how like the strategy behind what you were doing because this is a strategy I was implementing, blah, blah, blah. And just trying to like come across from a point of understanding and curiosity it obviously didn't come across that way <laughs> um and he kind of thought I was you know he jumped on the defense and everything and, and really kind of started questioning my ability and expertise and was saying you know why would you do that um this is why I was doing that and came became yeah very defensive and that really took a toll on kind of I'm very much a people pleaser and um, it definitely took a toll on me for probably a week or two. I didn't want to open up my emails because I was scared he was going to email me back again um, and all this kind of stuff. And you just start to question yourself as a result of that. Um, again, it could have been multiple things. It may have been my age. It could have been, you know, expertise wise, like he thinks he's, you know, he's been in the industry longer than me. So therefore he knows more than me, which, you know, he might, but the thing is like, there's ways to communicate that, which is a lot more kind than the way that we were going about it. So thankfully I haven't had too much to do with in terms of like clients and stuff like that. They actually see kind of, I think the benefit of having a young person in this online space as well. Um, but I definitely think like everybody has something to offer and it's great. In, for example, with the ad agency I was working with, you know, I was the youngest um, there, but there were people who were, you know, maybe five years older than me, let alone people who were maybe 25 years older than me um, there. And it was really nice to have kind of like an experience where there's people from different you know, walks of life, but also different experience levels and stuff like that and have fresh perspectives. But it all comes down to being able to shut up and listen and actually be open to hearing other people's point of views and actually, you know, having a conversation um, and a discussion that's really open and authentic and and welcoming um, rather than just, you know, getting on the defence. I think in that situation that sounds to me more of he was threatened or because I think like I've had that situation happen a number of different times where, you know, I might be working on the Google ads of client and someone else might be working on the Facebook mm. side. And then, I mean, it happened just last week where a client of mine that I've been working with for 18 months, they, um, and a new SEO agency came in and then they tried to, they did an audit of the Google ads account and because everyone has slightly different strategies and slightly different, mm. um, ways to implement things and do things. You, I, I would take that more as being like on, not to do with your age, but more to do with he was maybe thinking that you were trying to undermine. Mm. Maybe it came across, you know, I don't know, but I don't don't think that 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 would have been just to do with your age. Or maybe he was just a dick, you know, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, highly likely. (laughs) I think in the same situation, like you don't open your emails and I'm such a people pleaser as well and like trying to get better at it, but you don't want to open your emails and you you want to, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to disappoint someone. And it becomes really like a horrible situation to deal with. So um, you're definitely not alone. I mean, yeah, definitely not, not alone in that situation. I'm interested to know about, you told me that you've had some big shifts that have just happened in t- like last year, 2020 around mm-hmm. like money and money mindset. And I'm so interested to talk about that sort of stuff, because I think that when you are a service provider and you are freelancing and you are somewhat young in the industry and you don't necessarily have, like I even find this now I'm in my early thirties and 
pricing and, and negotiating things with clients takes a lot of confidence and takes practice and you can get mm. it wrong. Like you can underprice your services and you, particularly in the industry that we're in, where we're on sort of retainer, it can be then hard to go back to a client and say, hey, this is my price, but now I'm raising my price, you know, or those mm. sort of conversations. So can you talk to me a bit about those big shifts that you did have last year? Mm, for sure. Yeah. I love this conversation too, because I'm so passionate about it now that I've had this shift. Um, so I'd say probably about a year and a half ago, I, or maybe less than that, I, I realized the whole trading time for money thing. Um, I had that whole kind of mic drop moment in my own life where I realized that I was severely undercharging. So take back to when I started obviously freelancing and generally when you're freelancing, you do the whole hourly rate thing, right? I was doing the hourly rate thing for the first two years of my business. <laughs> Even no, when just, I, no. I, I, I know. You're not an employee. This is what I always think whenever, <laughs> and sorry to interrupt, but people, no, this is a on. conversation that I have with, um, like with, if clients say how much, you know, how many, you always have a conversation like how many hours does that work out to be per month? Or some clients will mm. say that. And I, will flat out say like it takes a bit of practice to kind of get your one liner in place but like I don't charge by the hour I charge by the month because I might be more Mm. efficient at what I do or I might spend Mm. some months I might spend longer and also I don't say this to them necessarily but I'm not their employee if they want to pay someone by the hour they can hire an employee and pay super and pay tax let me worry about my hourly rate and Mm -hmm. you know I think that if you want to hire if you want to pay by the hour you go on Upwork or you hire an employee you don't hire a service Mm -hmm. provider yeah. And if you'd said all that to me, like over 12 months ago, I'd have been like, oh, Katie, you're insane. Like, are you kidding? That's so unethical to like charge by the value rather than the money. Now, totally flipped. <laughs> so you actually like, thought it was like bad I, business yeah, practice. Fully. Because wow. I was like there thinking, I was, yeah, this is how much of a shift it's been, right? And this is why I'm so passionate about it now, because I can fully see how blindsided I was or, or how much I was, I suppose not blindsided, but just kind of like, to me, I was like, okay, when I'm invoicing, this is how much time it has taken me. I've logged on, I've logged off, I've done this amount of like hours. Maybe I'll just round up to the closest like quarter or whatever and things like that. But I would be invoicing for how long it's taken me, right? Because that's how I feel like it was like ethical or morally right. Like I was just like, well, it's taken me four hours. So I'm going to charge you for hours of my time. I know. But then you've got all your admin, you've got all your upskilling right? time, all your learning, all your communication. Know. You know, it's just, you are. I know. So we're all girl. just slapping, like, you know, Jess is back then. <laughs> and future Jess is really thankful that she had this mindset shift. But what actually, like, made me transition from this, this was my light bulb moment. I was chatting to a friend in the DMs because I was like, okay, I really need to hear your opinion on this, like hourly rate versus packages or retainer. I do packages um, and things like that, you know, same kind of thing. And she was kind of saying to me, look, Jess. Just to clarify, what do you mean by a package? So package, I actually get them to pay like after the work's been done. I know with retainers sometimes it kind of like falls on to the next month and things like that. So yeah, yeah, when they kind of work with me the first time, it'll be 50% deposit and then the rest. But moving forward, it's like after the month's completed, they'll pay me. So Anyway, oh my God, just, I, I need to get you to change that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going through like a coaching call right now, guys. <laughs> anyway. Like, hold on, I got to talk to Jess. <laughs> I was like, okay, so my friend, this light bulb woman, right? She's just like, Jess, if you are getting better at what you're doing, right? Therefore getting quicker and more efficient and more effective at what you're doing. 
So what something that's generally cost like taking you four hours of your time and you're invoicing them four hours of your time, but now it takes you three hours, but you're actually adding more value and giving them better, like making them more money in their Facebook ads funnel, whatever, you know, now you're actually charging them less. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is true. I needed someone to like literally just spell it out to me. And that's when I realized that packages was going to be the best way to move forward where it was more value-based rather than time for money. And um, yeah, I kind of, I was, you know, registering for GST at the time. So it was a really good time to kind of like say to my clients, hey, this is what I'm doing and kind of approach them um, in a way going, okay, my, I've got new contracts, um, you know, I've registered for GST. I'm actually changing to like packages now instead of hourly rate. This is why. And I kind of explained it all to them. I was shitting myself like at the time. I was so scared of jumping on those calls with all those people because I've been really lucky. Like I've probably got about 15 to 20 clients at the moment. And I'd say about 12 to 13 of them are clients that I've had right from this start. So these people have, are used, like they were used to paying me by the hour, having like a full run sheet of everything. And I was so scared about coming to them and saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. But I kind of took it from the point of like, okay, I'm starting to subcontract now. I'm growing my team. <clears throat> um, this is the reason behind, you know, all these different changes. Um, it also helps you as, a, you know, my client to actually budget better because you'll know how much you're expecting to pay each month and things like that. So when I had that full mindset shift of how much value I'm actually adding to people, it also then as a byproduct of that helped me to boost my own confidence with how much I'm actually doing for my clients. Like I went back and I had a look at the amount of money that I was generating them just through my Facebook ads or my Google ads or my this or my that and stuff like that. And I was just going, holy crap, Jess, like you're actually really damn good at what you do and actually allowed myself to pat myself on the back and go, I'm actually worth this amount. Um, And obviously that's continued to transition over the last 12 months. And you know, my rates have increased again and things like that because I'm realizing what I'm worth and that people who, you know, I'm I'm no longer here to serve the startups. You know what I mean? Like that's my DIY Facebook ads course. That's that, you know, but the people who are ready to take their stuff to the next level, they're the people that I want to work with. They're the people who are going to come to me and go, you know what? I actually see the value that you're offering. I'm ready to invest in my business and take it to the next level. I'm ready to invest in you. And I love the way that you um, invest back into me and my business. And that's the kind of people. And having that whole mindset shift, holy crap, it's like, it's changed the game for my business, for the way that I even, um, not sell myself, but, you know, like talk about myself online, about my services, about my packages, when I am in consult calls, being more confident about all that kind of stuff. And I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's changed the game in so many aspects of not only my life, but yeah, just my business as well. Did you have anyone that had that conversation with and decided to walk away from being a client? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And to be honest, it wasn't as many as I thought. I honestly thought at that point, I'm like, you know what? This is going to be good. At the time I had 30 clients by myself. And I was like, "Uh, this is going to be great because it's like half of them are going to (laughs) go. But I actually found the majority of them stayed on. Um, Look, the packages that I moved, the, the, the hardest part for me at the time was that, you know, I was moving my clients from, as I said, an hourly rate to packages and I had to work out, okay, well, what's not a huge jump for them? I have to incrementally do this. So I know that with a lot of these clients that are, I don't know what the word is, like grandfathered clients or something, like the ones that you've had right from the get-go, you know, 
they are still being undercharged. Like I know for a fact, but I know that they took a chance on me at the start and the incremental like um, increase of everything will most likely be more gradual for them. Whereas I was starting to realize I could open up space to take on newer clients and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely had resistance there from a couple of people that were just like, oh, hey, I think, um, but mind you, this also, I decided to do all of this in March last year, which was when a global pandemic hit. So <laughs> that could have also had a lot to do with a lot of them kind of saying, hey, it was with just not knowing about a lot of stuff as well. Um, you know, we're going to just press pause. And I had a lot of them just say press pause, never come back, but, but say that maybe with the intention of doing so. Um, but yeah, huge learning curve for me. The next challenge you need to set yourself is to move to paying in advance. And the, the reason I believe mm. that paying in advance is the best way for, well, for my, it works for my business is A, if I buy something online, I pay for it before I receive what it is. So mm. it is, you know, you don't, it's not tried before you buy kind of situation. And also from a positioning standpoint, I see myself as a premium service provider in the space and that's just one of my non-negotiables. The other reason mm. is is that the amount of time it takes if you charge in arrears, the time that I would be spending chasing bills because people will always pay late and if they pay in advance, at least then you're, they're paying maybe five, ten days into that month, right? So say if I charge mm. you the first of the month, they're paying on day seven. At least I haven't worked for 30 days, then I'm suddenly charging them mm. and then they don't pay until day 50 and that whole 50 days has been essentially work unpaid. Mm. So the amount of time it takes me to chase bills and that sort of stuff, that eats into, I, I, if someone questioned me about it, that eats into the time that I'm spending optimising your account. So for me, it's just mm. a non-negotiable that to work with me, it's paid in advance and I've never had anyone push back on it ever, ever, mm. ever, ever. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, because for for a lot of the people that I work with are e-com-based people and people pay a checkout. They pay a checkout or if you're booking a consult yeah. with someone online, you pay, you book the consult. I think it's mm. the way that digital businesses work or if you buy a course, you don't pay for it after you've received the benefit of the course mm. and mm. you you. I think it, it probably just needs to be a value shift, another value shift in your mind. You've made a huge big one already, but another value shift in your mind that like I've mm. had people come to me, people always try to negotiate your rates or people always, and it does take a while to be strong in that positioning. But for me, it's just like, yeah, that's my non-negotiable because like mm. I've had someone come to me and they say, well, how about we work on like a commission base that you, I pay you how much, how many sales you generate. I, that's not how I work. I work like this. You pay in advance and you can, I don't do locking contracts. So I'm flexible like that. You only pay for a month at a time and I'm not going to lock you mm. into anything else, but that, this is just one of my non-negotiables because I also don't want to be in the situation where I've done 60 days of work for someone and they have not paid a cent to me. That's yeah. not fair for my time. Yeah, for sure. So, but if you, I mean, you've made a huge big one already. Um, Mm, yeah, it was hard to work through, but I'm glad again, like I'm glad for voice messages. Hey, because like my community on Instagram, I had probably about three or four girls that I was talking to at the time who, um, yeah, also women in business and stuff. And they'd gone through similar things. One in particular was going through the same thing as me at the time. And I think it's, it makes you realize how common it is that we undercharge ourselves, undervalue our worth and that we're not alone in that. So I just hope that 
if this was a light bulb moment for somebody who listens to this as well, that potentially if they're in that hourly rate space, um, that this is like their sign. Yes. <laughs> to just. And I think that's, I honestly think pricing and underpricing and undercharging is one of the biggest mistakes that you make in a business. Like I track all my time that I spend on clients and I look at, at, at all that, but the end product, you might be working, particularly in the business that we're in, we might be working a huge amount during Black Friday or um, a huge mm-hmm. amount over Boxing Day or a huge amount maybe on Mother's, you know, around those key periods of the year. And so yeah. it evens out in the wash. You know, you might spend mm. three times as much one month, but then you're spending a third of the time the next month. But it evens out to be, a, you know, that's... So that, It's... And think about other... Like, I think if you're a service provider and you're charging by the hour, you unless you're doing like an hourly consult, that's a different thing. But if you're doing mm. a monthly... Um, package or anything like that and you're charging by the hour that's it that's a realm of employees like you Mm. and I do think that service providers pricing mindset and pricing confidence is like a huge thing it takes it takes a lot to be confident and I told you before we jumped on the call that when I was working in an agency it was so much easier to price what the job was worth because mm. it wasn't my value that I, I wasn't tied to that totally. money. I wasn't seeing that money in my bank mm. account or or tied to that value. Whereas now when I price, I still don't think I've got it all sorted out. Like I still underquote, I still <laughs> undercharge, and I still do jobs that mm. I probably should should say no to and things like that. But I think it's just something you, as a service provider, you learn as you go along and, you know, that sort of stuff. I feel like we've been, I've been chatting for five minutes, but I've got a couple more things <laughs> that I want to talk to you um, before we wrap up. I'm interested to know because on social media, you're hugely, you've got a great social media account, particularly on Instagram where I follow you and you're really active there. And I often find myself feeling like, not jealous, like envious how good people are at social media because it's just not one of my, my <laughs> one of my strengths. And I see, I think that's such a huge advantage of being, well, it depends. A lot of a lot of people my age and older are also great at social media, but particularly being growing up in a social media generation and being really at the forefront of that, like you said, in the first course of that at university, the first intake. Mm. So I want to talk a bit about that comparison analysis where you can fall into what someone else is doing online and how good they look and maybe, and I do that too. I'm like, why don't I do stuff like that? And, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. social media life can look really great. So how do you kind of, how have you managed to get around that and see people that maybe are in the same same space as you as, as being um, mm. companions rather than being competition? Yeah, such a good question. I think, um, again, it was a mindset shift. It had to be one of those things that you intentionally, you know, change rather than just something that just happens <laughs> because it had like, you know, you go to your explore feed, um, you go to just the friends that you make online and stuff. And it's so, so easy to compare, like even, um, how much they charge going back to the money thing, you know, compare how much they charge to what you charge. And then as a result of that going, oh, they must be so much more successful than me. Um, they must be worth more than me. You know, they must be smarter, blah, blah, blah. And you go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's this statement that I either read somewhere or heard somewhere just saying their success doesn't lessen yours. And being able to realize that, you know, they they can be bloody good at what they do, but so can I. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to lose any clients from it because at the end of the day, people will see 
you for you. People will, you know, come to my, look at my reels. They can look at one of my reels and go, she's a complete dork, but I like that. Or I don't like that. And that's completely fine, but I will find my people and they will find theirs who gravitate towards whoever. And I think when I realized that it's no longer a competition about that, it's just being you as genuinely as you can and showing up and being in other people's corners, they're going to see that for what it is. Um, And yeah, I think I just became confident in knowing that I'm going to find my crowd and the people who want to work with me will find me if I put myself out there in the most authentic way that I can show results, show that I'm worth what I'm worth um, and things like that and just be confident in that. So yeah, it's definitely hard though, because I compare myself weekly, I'd say almost daily to people, you know, it's, it's so easy to do, but it also comes back to finding a community online because I think you realize that um, everybody else is comparing themselves to everybody else as well. So when we're all just comparing ourselves to one another, where there's this giant circle of comparisonitis or something, I don't know, like of just loving what everybody else is doing and then kind of going, oh, but she's better than me. And it's like, well, no, (laughs) she's actually not better than you. Like there's always going to be somebody who's one step ahead of you and there's always going to be someone who's one step behind you. And if I can just be there being me, the best I can and cheer people on, on both sides of that. You know, there's a quote that somebody said about, you know, you can light other people's candles and it's not going to extinguish yours. Or I probably butchered that, but it's something along the lines of that, you know, burning other people's candles is not going to get rid of your flame and your spark. And I think when you realize that there's room at the table for everybody and that there is a seat with your name on it and that you need to be there because there's someone out there looking for your services in the way that you provide that, it makes you just feel validated and it makes you go, you know, I deserve to be here because I've done X, Y, Z. And this is why this space is, you know, okay for me to be in. And I'm, I'm allowed to be here. I deserve to be here more so. Um, and I can be here when other people are here too. I love that. I've loved chatting to you so much. And can you please (laughs) share where people can get in touch with you? And I know that you have a self-paced, um, Facebook ads course. I just want to actually touch on it. It's funny Mm. because, um, we're both in the Google ads space, but <laughs> yes. it was an interesting situation back when you were talking about, um, you know, comparison. And I think there is in the digital marketing space, there's space at the table for everyone because there are like, you can only work with so many clients. I can only work with so many clients. Mm-hmm. I'm not for everyone. Yeah. You're not for everyone. You know, that whole, there's room for everyone. An interesting situation happened to me recently where I got booked to do, um, a masterclass for quite a well-known, um, entrepreneur in the, Australian space and we booked in the time it was for me to talk about Google ads and da, da, da. and then about an hour afterwards she was like I have so, like can you I have your mobile number there's something awkward to talk about and so she rang me and she was like um so I just promoted your session in with my community and another person who has done a session in the past on Google ads got in touch and she was really upset that I would invite someone else into the space that is also in the Google ad space. And oh no. I'm really sorry. I have to like take you off the agenda. Like you can't do the masterclass anymore. And it just was so interesting wow. to me that someone would have the mindset that there can only be one Google ads point of view or one mm. Facebook ads point of view mm. or one content marketing point of view. Like I think there's room and that whole, um, that whole mindset of being really, I don't know that that there's an it should be an abundance mindset when it comes to mm-hmm. this space, and it's so much nicer to get along with people that are in the same industry as you rather than see them all as competitors. Hundred percent. Anyway, yeah. that it makes life so yeah. much easier. <laughs> yeah, back to that. Um, but back to you've got a self-paced Facebook ads course, which is called Stop Boosting, Start Converting. Is that right? 
So Correct. if you yes. want to find out more about you and your services or your course or all that sort of jazz, why don't you share pe- with people now? Yeah. So on Instagram, um, you can find me at JES Solution Marketing and my website's just jessolutionmarketing.com.au as well. So they're probably the two places and you can find everything else through there <laughs> anyway. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you today and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been awesome being on here. So there you go. Jess is fantastic and she's so generous with her time and just so easy to talk to. I could have talked to her forever. It was just such an easy, breezy conversation and the best kind of podcast interview. There's my sheet. So I hope you enjoyed that chat. And if you want to slide into my DMs on Instagram at katiegriffin underscore, let me know what you thought. And follow me on social media, like I said, at katiegriffin underscore. And do all the things there. Rate, review, share this with a friend. And I will chat to you on next week's episode.